Welcome to the Rogue Tailboard Podcast, where firemen are fired up and minimal is unacceptable. What's going on? Good morning, man. What's happening? Uh, just enjoying a beautiful day. A little gloomy out here in Texas, but it's good weather compared to what it was been all week. Yeah, it's uh, it's very nice here, too. It's finally getting warm. Hot. I like it hot, so everything's yeah. good. <laughs> I do prefer to sweat myself. Yes, that's, that's no right. secret thing. <laughs> yeah, that's so. right. I mean, I saw you just wrapped up with a uh, recruit class. How'd that go? Man, we still got four or five weeks. We're uh, it's going awesome. It's um, we've taken and done things a little different. Um, that's what me and Chief Starnes were talking about yesterday. We done a uh, podcast with him yesterday afternoon. Me and Webby and um, one of the topics that he wanted to talk about was how unordinary the recruit school that um, that we're that we're doing right now is and and uh and how we're doing it versus the traditional way or you know the academy way or that's how this is how we've always done it ways so oh, um, definitely. just you know how we're doing it and what we're exposing them to right out of the gate is uh there's a reason for it you know so um but no it's still got four or five five weeks see yes we just finished week seven so it's got four weeks left nice no i definitely I've seen that too. It definitely looks very. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Just very proactive in the fact that, like you said, with the exposure, because you're just throwing them in different scenarios that you're sending pictures of that gives it that that real feel mentality versus just going through check boxes. And so I just I like seeing that. I wish others would get on board with that too. Give these guys a better chance when they get on versus just a piece of paper kind of class. That's right. I mean, and the problem is is um, you know, there, I've, I've never, I've never, I never thought I would see the fire service in the shape that it's in as far as recruitment and retention. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I've never seen it either to where you can start out in the fire service, making the money that you make now. Um, Man. that's what we was talking about yesterday. You know, when I started out 20 years ago, I was making minimum wage, I think, which was five twenty-five an hour. Yeah. I, so, um, but, you know, a lot of us that were – a lot of people were second, third generation, and people didn't go to work at the fire department because for the, you know, for the minimum wage. They went for the health insurance, and they either came from the volunteer world or their dad, their second or third generation. And But nowadays, man, this is crazy. So – but at the same time, we can't afford – we can't afford to uh, go by traditional checklist and, you know, welcome to the fire service and wait for – you know, wait for each call to catch up, man. We got to give them that experience as soon as possible and get them prepared and get them because, you know, it's not fair that they don't get to take and ride backwards for three or four or five years like they deserve. But, you know, we got, so we got to start bringing those experiences to them right from the day one. Oh, absolutely. And man, that could be a whole nother topic on song fast promotions. Cause there's, there's a lot of that going on too. There is. Um, and I know it has, I know that, you know, it's, it has to happen a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Also, can I also highly believe that you you can promote way too early, and I think that uh, you know I know a lot a lot of promotions are happening for younger guys now, and I'm not against it. I just right. Sometimes it calls for. I mean, if you're a new organization, sometimes you have to do that, and then I mean go from there. But yeah, no, I, I do see both sides of it. I think the I think that organization should be responsible for uh, bringing somebody in, you know, 
and, and mentoring and teaching these, these younger firefighters how to take and handle the responsibilities and what the legal responsibilities are of, a, of an officer. Hmm. That's an untalked about topic there. Yep. It's, uh, there's, I, I think it's about three, two or three years ago. I've done a, a, uh, a podcast with a guy and that's what he wanted to talk about. And, and I just laid it all out there and, you know, I, and it created a lot of exposure for what he was trying to do, but you know, there's a lot of mixed opinions with it. And what the mixed opinions came from was the fact that people were unaware and they were, they were trying to dispute and argue the fact of things that they didn't understand what they were actually responsible for. Mm. So yeah. and that's usually what, and that's usually what happens. Oh, absolutely. If you can give a summary without going on like a, a big tangent, I guess, what, uh, what are some legit legal responsibilities of a company officer? Well, first one is the, uh, the code of ethics and morals of yourself. Really. That's, you know, to me, your, your morals and code of ethics are, you know, your standards that you live by, whether that that's to me is the ultimate supreme law and that you should be responsible for, but upholding, upholding the policies and procedures within your department and preventing, uh, preventing, um, preventing the people that you're responsible for, for taking and making the mistakes that either you've made or you can foresee them making and which will at the same time, you know, you think about the drivers, the responsibilities of a driver, you know, he's got a lot of responsibility. He or she's got a lot of responsibility, you know, riding in that truck, driving down any road. So, um, but it's, I just simply, I made it simple for them. I said, it's like this, you're on the way to a structure fire, right? Your second mm-hmm. day is on the way to the same structure fire. They're involved in a fender bender where nobody's hurt, but there's a child in a, in, uh, in the car with a, with a female that you hit in the side of the door, you know? Do you continue on to the structure fire or do you start and do you check and make sure she's okay? If she, and that's visibly seeing if she's moving. Right. And you know, what does the firefighter want to say? Uh, she's moving. They're good. We didn't hit them that hard, but the problem is, is the legal liability that comes with that. It's still considered a hit and run. I would believe it is. And, but also the problem with that is too, is in my opinion, there's, there's 40 people in this structure that we're going to that's on fire and our responsibility to get them out. Mm. So, and so, you know, it's, it's the, the, how preventable can everything, is everything preventable? Absolutely not. But within your means, is it preventable? Absolutely. And I think that that is the realist, the, the realism that people don't realize that what we're actually responsible for, you know, that, and the uneducated side of it that when people are, when young men and women are promoting the fire service there. And I think, I think the reason they don't, they're not educated is because the people that's promoting them or the departments that's promoting them or the cities or entities, they don't understand either because they've never had any legal ramifications to deal with. Mm. No, that's a, it's a very valid point. You just brought, you know, and, what a way to start, man. <laughs> That's why I love talking with you, brother Shane. It could I could honestly spend hours just enjoying conversations with you. But uh I, that. I do wanna do wanna welcome you on, my man. And for those listening, this is brother Shane Bentley. He's uh he's a brother out of the Georgia area. He also is one of the cadres and front men of the Bears of the Oath Bears of the Oath cadre. And uh this this man is definitely poured into me from day one. I know I, I mentioned that out there on the post when I was having him on here, but I couldn't honestly speak enough on that. 
uh, even when I was just even tampering with the whole platform and seeing if it really even had a purpose or whatnot, this man just kind of sealed the deal for me at like a very, very early stage in that and just, just kept checking in on me, gave me words of encouragement. There are times where I was down on different things and brother Shane over here wouldn't even know it. And he would just send the right message at the right time. And, you know, I'm just I'm very thankful for our relationship, man. But uh, to have you on, it's an honor for me. So thank you so much for, for involving your time to do so today. Uh, you're welcome, man. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you having me on and um, I look forward to, the conversations that we get to take and spend time talking about today, man. So I enjoy watching, I enjoy watching you and your family um, grow in the fire service. And I enjoy watching what you're doing for the fire service with, uh, with the rogue. So, man, I appreciate you and I'm proud of you guys. Thank you, man. That means a lot to me, but, uh, well, man, I usually like to start off, you know, if those that have been following and listening for a while, I like to hear, what brought you into the fire service? You know, everyone's got a different story on it and uh, every journey that starts off is, is an awesome one. So I just I'd like to hear from you, man. What, what brought you into the fire service? Um, accident, maybe. I don't know if that's <laughs> the word, but uh, no, uh, I actually started as a volunteer. Uh, and uh, when I became a volunteer, the reason I did is because where I'd actually relocated and moved to, uh, bunch of people that I became friends with, they were all on the fire, they were all on the fire department. And, you know, on Saturdays or Sundays, whichever, whenever it was, we'd all be hanging out, cooking wives, kids playing and man, their pages would go off and they'd get a, you know, they'd get a call and there they all go. And there I am stuck with the, all the women cooking. <laughs> Something yeah. right here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I finally told us, Hey man, I said, I'm going to start going and checking this out. And that's, you know, that's really where it started. And I started hanging around with them down at the fire department and uh, they put, they ended up voting me on a few months later. And it, from day one, it just, I got, I got the bug. And uh, then the year I went to work as a uh, paid fire department where I started at the city of Tacoa. So, and I was there for a good while before I moved on to where I'm at now. And, um, but that's that's really how it happened, man. Just friends and people, you know, meeting new people and and building relationships. And they saying, you know, you're you're on the you're on the fire department. I've never I've never looked at the volunteer fire department or the uh, career side or combination side. I've never looked at them any different. So it's just right. Just, it's just a fire department to me. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. No, that's that's cool to hear because uh, you know I was I was kind of brought in by accident too. I stumbled across a wreck. And a local volunteer department, they only saw two guys get off the engine. And I was like, well, you know, I can help in some way, you know. So I asked, and obviously they they didn't shy it down. And then they said, man, you ever thought about doing this? I said, well, absolutely. But, you know, there's some things we need to discuss first. And they believed everyone deserves a second chance. And uh, the rest has been history, and it's all God's story from there. But to, to your point, I was kind of in there by accident, too. I always wanted to, but didn't know how it was going to happen or if it was going to happen. Right. Uh, kind of definitely answers the second question I wrote out there for you too is have you always wanted to be a fireman or were you just unexpectedly called like you said you were did you always have ambitions of that man or were you well, just kind of on a, a different life path or what happened no I actually so uh we we had a uh, family business um I grew up in well metro uh outside of Atlanta, mm -hmm. Atlanta metro area and we had a uh, family business and uh, outdoor power equipment um, shop and sold 
my dad sold outdoor used outdoor uh repaired used and new outdoor power equipment things of that nature and when he retired i took and um i, t- I purchased the business from him and man i just got crammed up with metro life living you know it just it was just growing so quick and what there was fire trucks going by our shop Gwinnett county all day long you know mm. and mm-hmm. every time you know you'd see him go by and then i had i had friends i grew up with that uh that that ended up going to work at Gwinnett county fire department which Gwinnett county fire department is one of the the largest fire departments in the state of georgia and wow. uh so Anyhow, my actually one of the guys that I graduated with, his dad was the fire chief at the time. Um, and, and I remember him talking to us when we was, you know, probably in the 10th, 11th grade about, you know, hey, what are you guys going to do? What are you looking at? Trying to get us to come to the fire department, put in applications when, you know, start thinking about it. And so when I ended up taking and selling uh, the business, I moved up here to Northeast Georgia where I live now. Okay. And so, and like I said, when I relocated and moved, um, I, I commuted back and forth to Gwinnett for for probably a year and a half, two years. And then I ended up taking and just, you know, opening a shop up here where I live. And, man, that's where I started meeting all those guys, you know, just like kind of that, chan- that, that, that chance where when you pulled up to help those guys that day, man, they started coming in my shop, hanging out. And um, we got to being buddies. And next thing you know, it was on the fire department. And then I went to work. Uh, I want to say it was like eight months after I started volunteering mm-hmm. uh, at Tacoa, and and luckily um, coming in the door, I had a had an awesome captain, awesome lieutenant. Uh, had no idea the relationships at that point in time. That's what we all three of us was talking about last week during we was doing search week in there in the, uh, the fire department where I started. They participated with us, and nice. So, but now my my first captain and my first lieutenant, they were, they are now the chief and assistant chiefs. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's been a really good, it's been really good, fast paced blinking, blink your eye. And it's like, man, where'd the time go? <laughs> I, I'm kind of on that path. So I, I can respect that. My wife keeps asking, is there anything more <laughs> or is this it? And I said, right now, honey, I'm sure hoping so, you know, cause I do kind of have a, a full plate. It's definitely manageable, but, Man, it does. Your time, the more you get involved, the more you pour back to the service. And I'm young into this, but I can already see it. And I can only imagine keeping that tempo for, you know, 10 plus years or so. But uh, you just, when you get that bug like you're talking about, brother, and you just want to keep giving back, you just, you feel compelled. And it's, I don't know if you seek ways or if they just start coming up more and more, but there's just like more opportunities to give back, even in small manners, when you really try and, you know, make that a priority. So it's awesome hearing your story on that, especially when the boys are coming by the shop and hanging out. Now y'all are serving together. Like, did you see that there's something special there, you know, looking back on things or is it just cool how it all just kind of naturally came to where everyone is now? No, it's definitely special, man, because we, there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of friendships that came from that. And, you know, I've always believed that, like-minded people usually gravitate towards one another in some sort of fashion, you know, and it's kind of like with, uh, with the fire service and training now, man, you, you take, uh, you take a group of 30 guys that show up for a training class and none of them know each other. Well, by the end of the first or second day, there's, you're going to have a couple groups that, you know, that finally that 
somebody's they've started talking they you know they start talking about things they have in common their departments where they work and the next thing you know you go to the next class and hey man there's that same dude or there's a bunch of those same people well, i didn't even talk to that person the first time but the comfort of it is is he's here at this the second class and so therefore that's, that's that initial that 50 percent respecter fact you know you just oh man i know that person i we took a class together and it's kind of it breaks the ice and so yeah. it's i think it truly to to have such a uh, positive longevity in your career is you got to have people when you walk in the door the first day that taken that uh that that care about you and that one teach you what you're actually responsible for and the meaning of a servant and what what it is that we do and you know and I had that from day one and which is every one of those classes that I started going to is got us where we are today and you know we got we got 20 25 guys that are constantly at every class that we do and you know and that's because we've all most of them i grew up on the fire service chasing wanting to be just like you know right. i have i have no problem saying that and yeah. for them to take and you know be on this journey with uh where we're at now especially with the bears of the oath man it's to see those guys and then be a part of it, it, it wouldn't be what it is without them. That's awesome, man. I think that's an awesome way to walk right into this other thing I want to talk about, man, is, you know, what's, what's the story behind the Bears of the Oath? You know, how, how did it come to be? How did y'all decide that, all right, Bears of the Oath is, is what we're going to name our specific cadre, and this is our mission, you know, and what's up with that? Well, it – uh. Like I said, majority of us work together somewhere, you know, it, whether most of it, a lot of it came from the state fire academy. That's where started meeting a lot of the guys, um, taking classes that they were teaching. Um, and then when I started working there at the fire academy as well, we started um, all of us, you know, we just like I said, like minded people that that you yeah. look up to or that you want to be like, they all gravitate together. And um, it kind of say figure out how to say this without it sounding i don't want to sound negative but there weren't there was a time the time period that uh what was happening at the fire academy in the state was not that it's a bad place it's a great place um mm -hmm. just lack of man you know lack of staffing the state is funded by the state and you know, sure. just, like, just like a local local entity um the state fire academy had had the state just had poor funding for it for a while and so, you know, and always needing to be fulfilled. And every time you take a class or hold a class or, you know, man, like we, as soon as we got done trying to beating it, beating it up, wondering, man, what can we do to make this better? What can we do to make this more realistic? And, you know, right. at some levels and especially when I say, you know, an introductory level into anything, it's usually a lot of it's always, this is how we've always done it. And yeah. You know, and it never, it never, there, there's not a lot of, uh, a lot of freedom to take and change and, and grow programs like they should be. And um, so, you know, we just kind of started doing our own thing and we've been, we started holding classes for, you know, all over the state and, you know, a bunch of us get together and hold these classes and do them and do them for departments and, you know, more or less take the training to them and, um, just you know wanted to we just wanted all us a bunch of us wanted more you know we wanted to be able to provide more realistic training we wanted to be able to do things at a 
more intense, more aggressive level. And, yes. you know, search and rescue to me is first and foremost with everything. Oh, hundred percent. And so that's, you know, the, I don't care if the structure's on fire. It, it, that, that's not my first priority. My first priority is that it's clear and there's nobody in there. And yes. so we, you know, our, we started taking and doing some pretty intense um, search and rescue classes with live fire and using victims, mm. and, you know, and that was a big taboo. No, no. And I was going to ask, did, did you have some friction when that first was starting to get introduced where you were at? Like, man, I don't know about all this, you know, and all the red tape liability or, but obviously it's panned out to be pretty prosperous. We have, we did. And, and a lot of it though, a lot of it, what was, was the fact that, that, you know, you always have people that are against you or that are going to talk negatively about you. And that's, and that sucks because we do a really, a really fine job in the fire service of beating each other up. Man, and, don't we? And then, so, you know, there's always more, there's, there was always people out there that, and I hate the word jealousy, but there were, it, it seems like that's what it was that they were always, you know, jealous or, and they would always, they would, it would make things up or say things that were not true about how we, what and how we were doing. And, and there for right. a little while it was, you know, we weren't doing it under a trade name or a business name, or we were we just a bunch of, bunch of dudes that just loved to go out and go to different fire departments and hang out and train. And, and so. It, and the uh, fireman's dream, man, really. Yeah. Right. And so with, as we, you know, started moving around and traveling more and, going to FDIC and working, you know, doing whole teach places like that. You know, we started mm -hmm. meeting, we started meeting people outside of the state and meeting people in other places that were, you know, were like I said, like-minded and then our network just started growing. And so, but um, there was a, it came to a point where um, my wife at one point, she told me, she said, look, she said, you know, you, you, yeah, she asked me, uh, I think it was in 2016. She asked me if I knew how many days I was gone mm. that year. And it was, I think it was Christmas or New Year's Eve is when it was. And, and it was right at like 300 days. And, wow. and I got to thinking about that. And then you know, I was like, man, Cause you work, if you, if you work every third day, you work 121, 122, mm -hmm. if it's a leap year. And then get to thinking about, she said, plus all the training conferences, plus this and that. And plus, and she said, you've gone 16 conferences and I'm sitting there going like, Oh my gosh, you know, and I knew that already. Right. I already knew that. I was right. pushing. I mean, I, I had a conscience, you know, and I knew that, you know, my selfishness was overruling everything. And, um, and it really, you know, she is kind of at the point where, hey, what are you going to do? Because if you don't, I'm going to. And I was just like, of course, I didn't like that. And, right. right. But, it, it, you know, and after after letting it sink in and trying to figure it out, you know, and that's honestly where I started getting real honest with myself and a pen and a pad. And hmm. I started doing a lot, writing a lot more and writing things down. So I took in uh, – I took in the original, so the T-shirt the with the coat of honor on the back of it, the bears yes. of the, the, those 23 line items, that's not the original 23 line items. The original mm -hmm. 23 line items are my personal failures wrote out in a different, in different terminology. Mm -hmm. so, but what I've done is 
I started looking at that and I was like, man, how can I take and how can we, how can I still, because with me, it was either, man, do I have to quit all of this? Do I have to quit the fire service? Or, because I didn't figure, I, I didn't, I, I, in my mind, I was struggling because I didn't think that I could take and just do it at half throttle. You know what I mean? Oh, I 100% agree with that. And so I said, man, I got to figure out some way to take and get to do this and get not only my family, but all of my buddy's families involved. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I said, man, if we can figure out a way to do this and continue doing this together and make sure we involve everybody's families and give them the opportunity to come and be a part of it too, maybe we yeah. can prevent one less divorce, one less fight one less you know and and so and then that's when the mental the mental health started becoming a big part of it too and so so i took and rewrote the, those that code of honor into what it is it's on the back of the shirt now and i've done it very selfishly uh and because i knew that if i'd done it people people would want to wear it and so but the reason i've done it selfishly is Cause every time somebody would, you know, still to this day, every time somebody walks by or has one of those shirts on and, you know, whether I know them or I don't, every time they turn around and I see that, you know, sometimes that's, uh, it's the most humbling feeling in the world every time, but sometimes it's a punch right in the gut where you need it. Yeah. You're having one of those days where you're just being, you're just being a son of a bitch to yourself. And, um, and something that's yeah, if why you're getting real with yourself, that, that can happen, you know, right. Absolutely. So I just took in that. That's why that's where it came about. I, I when I wrote that code of honor, I, I for a while I struggled, and I'm a big. I collect a lot of fire service um, history and you know antiques. And in my office at work one night, I was sitting there and I looked up and I got a bunch of insurance, old insurance fire markers. <laughs> yeah. And I looked up and I, the handshake was right there, and I thought, man. You know, because that, that was one thing I've been fighting a lot here late or the last few years, too, is they've taken, they continue to take fire service history out of recruit classes and, and, and these, uh, these manuals that they're teaching with now. And so I looked up and I thought, man, that would be, that's it right there. And mm -hmm. I took in, I started taking and messing with the, the handshake logo and got it to where I could take and, uh, import it and, then I just it hit me one day. It just said, I just said, bears of the oath, patriots of our craft. Mm. And I put it, I put it all on a shirt, showed it to, just started, I wore it a couple few times. People was like, Hey man, where'd you get that shirt? And so then I went to, uh, I went to three of my best friends and guys that uh, I'd looked up to and, and went to him and said, Hey, what do y'all think about, you know, starting this and doing this? And, and here we are today. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And uh, to speak to a point you brought up earlier about really getting family involvement, when we were in the process of getting our Fools chapter started in our area, I was talking to vice president that I selected, man, I'm, I would give my life for. And he said it almost about the same time I said it. And I said, brother, we've got to include families. Right. I said, you, you got to think about how many times we're already gone at work one. Um, if you're on a specific special team or whatnot, and you have to go activate it on deployments on top of that. And I said, you look at all the guys that are usually in fools chapters. They're the proactive ones out there 
wanting to better, wanting to learn, and actually taking the steps, traveling to do this, I said, the last thing we need is to have something local that the family's not a part of. And he's like, Chris, you're absolutely right. We've got to honor that. And then uh, Caleb Smith, he just recently told me, too, about how important that was that you stressed that at uh, your last conference was that the family was involved in seeing the multiple families. And even when you gave me the invite and you told me, bring your family because you want to see all your kids grow up and wives finally have a different, you know, support group and outlet of their own. You know, that's, that's a huge hats off to what you're trying to do there and going the extra mile for these brothers and sisters in the service, man. Yeah, man. It's uh, you know, I look at it like this. When I was growing up, I played football, baseball, race motocross, and my parents never missed anything. You know what I mean? And yeah. Um, I kind of look at it like this. If we can create an environment at these training conferences that we do that where the student, the instructor, the families of the students, the families of the instructors are all gathered at the same place. We all, we all, it doesn't matter if we're eating, the, the instructors and students are never separated. The families are always welcome. But if we can create an environment too for our wives and kids or our husbands and kids to come watch, you know, mom and dad spend a day or two, three days training, getting their ass kicked in a burn building. Um, and they can sit there and be there on the training grounds and watch it and be a part of it. Man, that's no different than what my parents did for me growing up, you know, and it's a good point. And so, you know, but with that, you just have to create, you have to make things, you have to create attractions for them to be there, you know, and they, yeah. and the, the fire, the wives, man, and the spouses, of, you know, it, that's huge. Um, the more we get our kids together and, and, and spouses together, man, the more every time that, they come and they see each other. It's no different than the guys showing up to a training when they were recruits or rookies or brand new guys. Hey man, I see, I met you last time I was at this class, you know, and then relationships develop out of it to where then where they do look forward to going and they and our kids look forward to going. And then on top of that, we know where they're at and we know what the environment they're growing up in. Oh, absolutely. And I think it, it hits a little different when they first hands-on see you know, what their spouses are doing, you know, versus them coming home after tour, talking about whatever stories they want to share, or, you know, whatever Hollywood wants to put out there on, on the tube, so to say, to portray us. But when they actually see it and they see the interactions and they see, you know, 50 strangers in her eyes, just all embrace one another. And then the crazy stuff we do in these burn buildings, I think it, uh, I think it hits them a little different, man. It does. They, uh, you know, it's, you got to take in, you got to be able to take and have boundaries with it too. You know, when you cut there's, mm -hmm. I can tell you from the fire service can be extremely brutal on your family, you know, and um, whether you involve them or not, if they're, you know, even if they're involved, it can be because, and it took me a long time to figure this out and understand it. It's, it's not everything. And mm -hmm. they need, uh, they need you, you know, and they don't need the firefighter you all the time. They need you. They need, they need you to be a part of them and, and be interested in the things that they want and the things that they care about. And, you know, and I, and that, I ain't, I'm not going to lie to you. That was hard for a long time for me to be able to, because, you know, I, the, it, didn't, it didn't mean that I didn't love my kids or my wife. I just, man, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be the best I could be at my job and in my career. And I just, I had a very hard time for a long time, uh, you know, setting boundaries with that. 
And I would encourage any man, anybody that's in the fire service today that's that if you're venturing off down the road of, you know, some of the things we're talking about, be honest with yourself and be honest with your family, man, and keep them involved, but also make sure that they know that they're number one because when they it does just because you're a firefighter, you work for the fire department. If your support group at home doesn't care because mm -hmm. the firefighter, the fire department always gets all of you, they don't they're not gonna give a damn about the fire department or you. And yeah. and so you gotta make sure that there's boundaries and you take and you know, it's not everything in the world. And it's and it's tough sometimes, you know. It's really tough, but it's a lot, man. And it's but it is a big it is a very rewarding. It's very, very rewarding to be able to talk to and um, influence, I guess. Um, and, but when you do that, you have to make sure that you're honest with people, you know, with the good and bad and, you know, what could be. Oh, absolutely. Man. And those are waters I'm still navigating through. And I think even the most seasoned guys are still going to navigate through those, but they might have a better idea of how to steer the, the boat, so to say. But um, you're right, man, because you, you do get conflicted at times, or I'll speak for myself. I get conflicted at times because I think there's opportunities that are once in a lifetime that's coming up. But at the same time, it it hits when there's something important in the home front of the family. And so it's one of those, okay, well, how many sacrifices I'm going to ask of my my wife and kids for this experience? And then at the same time, okay, well, if you want to consider a sacrifice, but how many times am I going to sacrifice a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for the service to make sure that my boy's game is is made, you know, or that I'm there for the birth of my daughter? And so it's – you. I don't know if you really could put words on it, but it is very – it sounds difficult, but obviously, you know, your family's number one, but it's that internal confliction, you know, especially if you're trying to better yourself in every way possible. You know, I, I feel that, Brother Shane. I feel that a lot, man. Well, I'll tell you something else, too. Um, if you – your family may be number one in your eyes, but you got to ask yourself – relentlessly continuously all the time or do they know that they're number one and i will tell you this as there's a, as so much going on in the fire service good right now and there's so many but i can tell you that if you don't make it this year i promise it'll be there next year you know what i mean so and it took man it, it took me a long time i used to think i had to get everything and anything in in one year and then do it again all in the second year you know and and, and just continue doing it every year. And I do, I, I'm very fortunate. I get to do a lot of things, but man, it is prioritization for in being a fireman in the fire service today is, is huge. And family, we have, we've got to continue to stress the family, the side of it, but we can't just say it. We got to actually do it. And I think that's a lot of what happens sometimes because we get yeah, called up. We get, we, it, it's easy to say it. It makes us feel better to say it, but are we really doing it a lot of the times? And that's that gut check you're talking about. That's where that comes into play, man. Yeah. yeah that's that. a, I had a guy, a buddy of mine, I'm not going to say his name because sure. a lot of people know who he is, but he called me Tuesday afternoon uh, on the way home from work. And, and uh, I, you know, you can just tell when, when something's not right. And I said, what's wrong? He said, man. He said, my son's on the all-star team, and this is the first game I've I've made. Mm. And this is and it's not, and a lot of it is because his department is a huge, pretty big department, 
and he gets put on mandatory overtime at least once a week, sometimes twice. And, yeah. you know, and he had had a gut check over the weekend, the week before him and his wife were on a trip fire related out of, out of state. And, you know, he said, man, my wife was talking about how, how, how happy I was and how much I enjoyed it. And then on the way home, she said, well, is this going to last? And next thing you know, he's like, what do you mean? She said, cause when you get home, you're miserable. Hmm. And it's because of everything that you're trying to do to make things better. And the fire service has a constant pushback right now. And then on top of that, it gets 85% of your time and, you know, and it hit him and he, he said, man, he said, she's exactly right. Yeah. It, it is a, and we need those humbling moments, man. I haven't had one to that at Calvary yet, but I've had those. It's like, man, you know, you, you have to step back and like I said, just constantly keep yourself reevaluating and checking on it and prioritizing. The, the biggest word I think you threw out in all that, Shane, is they don't teach you that when you're trying to get your, you know, commission certification to start applying. And I think that's where going back to a point you made and a good segue into this next topic I kind of want to talk about was uh, the mentorship aspect. You know, if they're not getting paired with somebody or maybe the department, they have their probationary firemen rotate through all their departments for a year and a half until a spot comes open. You know, are they even getting that because it's, you know, separated time between each company officer they're under. But uh, just absolute thing of just mentoring, you know, what you know, to me, you know, I feel like you've mentored me a lot in the aspect even though we've, we've never even had a face-to-face yet, man, but I've already felt like I've known you for the longest time. And just like I said, everything that you you tell me is not empty words. And it always comes at the most unexpected times, but also at the most appropriate times. And I know that you're the same way with a bunch of others. And uh, were, you, were you always that way, like just a, a natural-born mentor? Or was there a moment in your life that made you actually prioritize that? Um. Man, no, I'm, I wasn't. I don't think that I was. And, I, and I've always had a big heart and I've always liked to do things to help others. I, and I get that. I get that from my from my mother. My mother's that way. Um, uh, my brother's that way. Um, you know, so but I've always enjoyed doing things for others. And even whether I knew them or not, you know what I'm saying? It was. Yeah. I've always liked being able to do and not for any notoriety or reward, just because it was just, you know, it was the right thing to do. And that's how we were raised. And, um, but in the, when I got into the fire service, I didn't realize that, you know, I was being mentored. I didn't realize actually what was going on, you know, and till, I don't know, I was probably three or four years in and realized, man, it kind of hit me one day, you know, my captain is since day one, he was the first person sitting there when I walked through the doors at station 10 that morning. Mm-hmm. And he is, and he, and like I said, he's, we were really, he's one of my best friends now. And, but he was mentoring me and I didn't realize it till as I started being able to promote and do things and take the next step that he was preparing me. Right. And he was a fireman's fireman, man. He, you know, he was the captain that got off the engine. He didn't ride the truck. He rode the engine. Okay. He, he it was his choice, and he he rode the engine at Station Ten, and that's where all the new that's where all the new people went, new guys went. And if you got okay. on his shift, you were you know I was just lucky is what it was. But <laughs> you know, and but today 
you know, we're, we're, like I keep saying, we're very good friends, but he was mentoring me and preparing me. And if it wasn't for him and my lieutenant at the time, there's a lot of things that I do today. I still do because that's how they, that that's how they taught me how to do things and how to understand it. And right. so, and so when it came to, uh, when I started really getting involved more in the fire service, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and teaching and instructing, well, I never looked at it as the teach. I was a teacher or instructor, you know, I was just excited to be out there um, sharing my passion, enthusiasm, what I've learned other places, teaching, you know, other firefighters how to do it. That's really just how I looked at it. And then by doing that, the more and more you do it and, um, it, I realized that, Hey man, there's people listening. And, and then yeah. when that, and that, so the accountability that comes with that, when people call you up or, you know, people ask for your advice or they ask, you know, you know, anything you got to take in. Sometimes you got to take and stop and think about that because you might be on the cuff of making a decision or helping somebody make a decision about something. And you might not realize what's going on on the other side. And very true. I was always quick to fly off the handle. Um, <laughs> if I didn't like, if I didn't like something, I was quick to say it. I uh, didn't care what anybody thought, didn't care how many feelings got hurt. And, you know, and then I realized that, that I had to get that under control because I was be, I was becoming into a, a an opportunity to be influential. Mm-hmm. And, so I realized I started, I started sitting back and thinking about how many people that influenced me. And as I got to know them, I wish I'd spent more time getting to know them because if I would have, I wouldn't have been influenced to do some of the things that I had done because I absolutely trusted them just because they were, you know, they had more seniority or time. And right. so with that, you know, I just kind of started going, I, I think I went to therapy. From 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, somewhere there. I think I took every leadership class and supervision <laughs> class you could ever take. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and, but what I noticed was a theme of everything. They were very common. And, you know, and there was only a few, there was a couple that really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of just kind of thought, you know, man, a lot of these guys are saying this stuff, but a lot of these guys I know that that's not, they're saying it, but they ain't acting it. And I didn't want to be that guy. And so yeah, it's quick to pick out too. Yeah, it is. And, and so, you know, now I just, I just kind of, I started thinking you're going to make mistakes, you know, and, but I, you know, when I, when I start, I made a lot of mistakes and I'll make more, I'm sure, but right. got to own those mistakes. And it's only a mistake if you make it, you know, with, with, without false intention. If you, you continue making the same mistake over and over and over, that's not a mistake. That's a bad decision. And Very true. so it just, you know, it, it, I just kind of started doing things and the way I felt like that it should be done. And um, it, it, I, I don't know, it, it ain't nothing spectacular. It's just doing the right thing. You know what I mean? And, Absolutely, man. but the biggest thing, the difference that I tried to take and implement with myself was, that if I was going to be in that position or, you know, if I was going to influence anybody before first and foremost, they had to know that, that I cared about them, and, oh, yeah. you know, and 
I didn't want, I didn't want somebody just to go off my word. I wanted them to actually know that, Hey, uh, you know, I care about you. I care about your family and let's sit down and let's analyze this. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out what, what's the best way to approach things. And, but you know, it, it was a, it was a growth process for myself and still is. And I would have never imagined I'd be in the position I am now. Um, but it, you know, and I think a lot of that is the reason that I am is because of my being involved with people that I didn't need to be involved with and the ones that were on the other side when I realized, Hey, I just sitting, just sitting, just sitting the people I need to be involved with. Right. And good on you for at least acknowledging that and correcting it. You know, some, some don't even do that. They might see that, okay, this may not be right, but they might be too in depth with it or however you want to title it to kind of make that change. And to your point, I've, I still have to battle some vomit moments as I've kind of called them to where I just, I spit it out there without truly thinking I'm like, well, why'd you do that? You know, or, or why, why did that make sense to you? And even if I disagreed with it and it's more to educate me as to why that person ultimately made the choice they made without sitting back and just digesting it for a second. So that that's a little weakness of mine that I'm, I'm still trying to work on there with that because it it happens i try to control it oh it's gonna happen and especially with social media i can tell you that that's why i don't i don't comment a whole lot i do a lot of watching and mm -hmm. there's the reason for that is and i just you know and that's like we, was, we had a we was having a conversation yesterday with um some of the, some of my friends that that are big influences and the reason and i hate i hate the fact that facebook is such the platform for interpersonal uh, relationships now you know what i'm saying it's just that's like yeah. this it's like done away with the bell south yellow pages and <laughs> but, yeah so but the thing about it is is i can tell you what's going to be here when i'm gone i can tell you what's going to be here when you're gone is the fire service and the fire department will still be here mm -hmm. so i can also tell you that there is some outstanding there's some outstanding guys and groups out there that's doing awesome stuff in the fire service. And, but I can also tell you there's ones there's, there's also, there's the other side as well. And so I honestly, man, it's, I, I look at, I look at that as I think anytime we get somebody new that wants to come up or shows up at your fire department and they ask about, Hey, how do I, what do I got to do to, are you guys hiring or how do I become a fireman? Man, you better grab them and hug them and them don't let them go. Because yes. you know, that's, uh, that ain't, you know, it's those days ain't happening anymore. And not, not as much as they used to around here. We used to have a, we used to have piles of applications and mm -hmm. now we don't anymore. So the same way I'm looking for guys, I'm looking for young guys on the, on the internet that, you know, that, that want to be a part of something good and want to take, want to take and make the fire service better. And that's, you know, like yourself and Caleb, uh, Caleb Smith, man, I, I, I just the stories and knowing and and knowing what you guys are about, man. I, that's that's why that's why I tend to focus and go towards the younger generation because you guys are going to be here a lot longer than I will be, and I want to take and do anything I can to help you guys' growth and what you guys are doing as well. So that's that's my my take on everything today. Yeah, uh, yeah, and. 
and I can speak for myself. I'm pretty sure Caleb feels the exact same way because I see it with what he's doing too, man. It's not a one person invite only. I'm trying, I'm trying to bring the whole crew up, man. If you're yeah. if you're about this life too, then come ride with me and let's let's go do this together. This is not a me thing. It's absolutely a we thing. Because I I know young in my service, I'm not gonna be here forever. I might be 35 years old, but there's a joker ready to take my spot, and rightfully so, let him have it, you know. But if we don't I think we don't have that mentality, man. And even on a day-to-day basis, we're not pouring into the ones that are coming in in any way, shape, or form. Or some little trick that you've learned that just makes life a little easier in the service forum. I just, I think we're being very selfish if we don't, man. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right, man. People don't understand that how, uh, how negative, negative thoughts and negative comments and how you treat people, uh, how it can affect them. For, from now and the rest of their career, man. And mental health is such a huge, a huge priority in the fire service that gets overlooked. And absolutely, uh, it's, uh, I think that by doing it and reaching out to helping, you know, helping guys that are wanting to, wanting to take and do good things, man, I think that you can, you can help them prevent crossing crossroads that don't need to be crossed, you know, later mm-hmm. in life because, the thing about it is, man, is if it's whether it's the fire service or any other job, man, it's uh, you never know when somebody's having a bad day unless you know them. And yeah. you know, I've, I've I got tired of going to funerals, and hmm. uh, so you know, it's I thought me and a bunch of people, we you know, there's Blake Stinnett's one of my one of my really good friends, and you know, I just reached out to him and few years ago and said man we gotta we gotta do something i said this i'm not okay with every year several of my several people i know dying whether it's due to cancer or due to line of duty death or due to taking their own lives i said i'm i'm I'm, we gotta start working on something health and wellness and and being in that platform that we were on we're able to do that and you know and yeah because i think that's what it takes you gotta have if people are watching and listening you know there's a lot of other things going on in the fire service besides what, what you see on Facebook all the time. And um, Absolutely. it just goes to somebody asked me the other day, they said, what, what do you got to do to be a good officer? I said, you got to be honest. Mm. You got to be loyal. And I said, you got to care about people. You got to care about the people you work with. I said, and even more, you got to care about their families. And, mm. you know, and that's, that's, you know, being a firefighter is not hard. You know what I'm saying? Some of the training can be at times, you know, right. Once you push yourself to, but it's not hard. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's being full spectrum with it and, mm-hmm. you know, being that good mentor that you're talking about and bringing guys up or young ladies up that, that, uh, that deserve a, a fair shot at it, you know? So you got to have standards and accountability within your department, you got to hold people to them. Yes. And that's like you said, it, and when you, when you don't start holding people to that and, but it's written down and you preach it once every so often when there's a, a mishap and the organization has to be aware, you're not going to get the buy-in because it's not, if you don't believe in it, cause you're not going to enforce it. We on the line for sure aren't going to believe it and we're not going to abide by it. Yeah. Right. I'm just truthfully speaking on that. So here's that. Put it out there, hold it. Yes, yeah, uh, man, there's, you know, it's, there's four rules, you know, there's, there's four rules that keep us out of SOPs and SOGs, really. It, mm-hmm. 
has to show up to work on time, which is early. You know, my mm-hmm. early, my early, and your early might be a little different. I'm, I get to work pretty early, but um, <laughs> you're going to eat together, you're going to train together, and you're going to pray. You're going to pray together when you eat, and Man. and then at the end of the day, you're going to take and do. You're going to do your station duties together. And mine was always, I, I always, I always hit the bathrooms. Mine was cleaning the bathrooms, cleaning the bathrooms and mopping because I wanted. I wanted. I always want the hardest, dirtiest job every time, and mm. and so. But if you take and keep clean bathrooms, they're never dirty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's so, absolutely awesome. That's kind of yeah. the mentality we took years ago when I went to Cornelia, where I'm at now. I was like, "Look, man, the bathroom's clean. Every time you leave it, then it's clean for the next person. Not just the, not just the citizens that come in, or you know, anybody coming through. It's always clean for us. So. You know, and that requires if there's you got 25, 35, doesn't matter if everybody, if everybody takes and does the same thing and holds each other to the same accountability. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it's just that uh, it's that board of honesty. Oh, yeah. There's something to be said for a clean bathroom, man, even yeah. even subliminally. You know what I mean? You can have the whole whole day room and everything else looking spot on parade ready. But then you got a, a dirty ass bathroom. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's something to be said for that, for sure. That's correct. Yes, you think about it. Where do most people, when they get out of bed every morning, where do they take? Where's the first place they go? You know, and, You're right, right out the gate. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it. I got to. Right. So it's my thing is, is that's that time where you need to reflect and be honest with yourself and be best friends with the man in the mirror. And you know, mm-hmm. you need that's the time where you can take and look when you're brushing your teeth. If you can't look up in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth, something mm-hmm. ain't right. I'm just going to tell you and. So, um, but that's where you can also look in that mirror and reflect and take, and you can either take your hand and pat yourself on the back and say, I'm doing good things. I'm working hard. I'm doing the right things. Or you can look at yourself and say, okay, I need to do better. I need to do more. And, but you have to have that self-reflection It's required. It's it's for, it's required for your own personal Mm -hmm. health. And, but when you open that bathroom door and walk out, it's no longer about you. It becomes about everybody else at that point in time. And if you leave the bathroom clean, it's clean for the next person that goes in there to brush their teeth. Yeah. Brother, I think only you can make a sermon out of a bathroom. Let me tell you. <laughs> that was awesome, though. I mean, that was so – it's so true. I mean, listening to you say that, subliminally, I'm doing it myself. My, the bathroom is my alone time. It's where I get my you know crap together without being punny. And then out the door, and it, it's no longer about me. You know, it's – Everyone in, that I come in contact with and everyone that we all come in contact with, what, what are you going to do to pour into them a little bit? You know, what, what are you going to do to invest in them? You know, and it, it's an awesome cycle when it, it comes back around and everyone else kind of has that mentality too. And now you're getting the investment that you're putting out. Right. Right. Man, it's, uh, you know, there's, I get questions all the time. People say, uh, Man, how do you meet so many people? How do you take in? How do you get to know people? How do you meet people? Well, I'm going to tell you, there's so many platforms on the way to do that right now. But mm-hmm. you take and you, if you, I enjoy listening to podcasts. I can tell usually five, 10 minutes into if it's something I'm going to continue listening to. Um, right. You know, and it, and, and that's nothing, it's, you know, it's just, it's just, I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I know that. You know, you take, for example, that uh, podcast you done with Caleb a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. You know, hey, if you want to get to know somebody, listen to their story. Man, listening to his story. 
man. And knowing and then knowing where he actually comes from, you know, the the first time that I actually met him face to face, and we was we was talking, and he said he had seven kids, and I looked at him and I went, my gosh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, but to find out why he has seven kids and why him and his wife do what they do, yeah, heart of gold, man, heart of gold. Yeah, and so you know, I when when he trusts you enough to tell you all of that, mm -hmm. you know, that, and I admire that. I admire that young man. I admire everything he's done. And then listening to his story, that's how you get to know people. And then I follow that up by, if they are what they say, they are reach out to them and say, hello. It's yep. that easy. And if I said, they will respond to you if they're that person that they were on the radio or on the podcast. And uh, oh, absolutely. I said, that's how you, but that's how you meet. That's how you meet people, man. That's how you and get to know them. And, you know, it's uh, it's being vulnerable. Like I shared with you once before, man, if I could just get five minutes with them, you know what I mean? That's yep. all I'll take. Absolutely agree, man. Yeah, it's, uh, people people don't realize, man, a lot of people take for granted and don't realize that what the fire service does have to offer as well, you know? And oh, yeah. it's, not, it's not just, uh, it's not just the, uh, the training classes or conferences because there's a lot of friendships and relationships that come from that. But man, there is, everybody's different. And that's what I like, man. I like, if everybody was the same, it would be boring. Oh and man. Would it? I love meeting people and, and talking to them and just, cause I'm a, I ask questions. I'm a why person. I have to know, I have to know why before I know how. And, you know, and so if somebody's, if I'm intrigued by something or someone, then I'm going to ask them and, you know, and that's, uh, that's that vulnerability, man. You got to take and be vulnerable to, uh, to, you know, and back in return to them. So it's kind of like the accountability thing. It doesn't matter what your rank or title is or what's on your collar. Mm -hmm. If you expect people are only going to work as hard for you. If they know that you care about them, there's nobody going to go out there and bust their ass for you. If they don't know you care about them. And ask for nothing in return and ask for nothing in return. Right. And then, so, but at the same time, you have to do the same thing for them and they have to be able to hold you accountable just like you're asking them to be accountable. And that comes unconditional. Yes. Well, I 100% agree. And, you know, one thing too, and I'm not saying everyone does this, but the ones that actually do go to a bunch of the conferences and they, they network and I can speak on the networking side of it. So I would have never thought I'd even have that opportunity, but uh, don't forget your home, man. You know what I mean? That's your, your home organization and stuff like that too. Right. Uh, don't, don't forget about them. They're the ones you're you're sweating, bleeding, eating, sleeping with, and yeah. you know some people can maybe take that misinterpretation because we all know perception's a hell of a thing. But when they see you know someone of influence or whatnot, just constantly networking with others and reaching out, and it becomes part of the normal conversation. You know, and I I guess you could say I'm guilty about that, but I just I share different things with my crew. Like, hey man, well this is what happened. So conversation we had it wasn't really a confidential one that wasn't meant to be shared but something that had some good lighter point to it and it's just uh it's trying to share with them and you know we've had that talk and i just i hope they never thought that i don't care to think about them either because they know i love them to death man i give them a lot for any of my boys at, at red springs a ship right but, uh, it's just one of those things you know you gotta you gotta be mindful of that too you're right you're exactly right man and um it's so much it's so much more fun and enjoyable when uh when you see people and they're having a good time. They're taking and they're pushing themselves to be better. They're, they're, things are good for them at home. Uh, 
and and you can see all of that and but the only way you see and notice that is you have to have that investment in relationship man and that's everybody thinks it's all high fidelity training and then and it can be but there's keys to being to having high fidelity with it and you know people they say well man those words you use i'm like well, no i said those words are very important i said because the key to having successful high fidelity training is having you know a group of like-minded people that yes. that understand how important it is but that's one thing about bears man is we've never had a failure nobody's ever quit or not they're not finished or left and and some of the classes a lot of our classes they're not they're not hard but they're not easy either you know and um right. because we we push the limits and we but we teach and teach and teach and and every one of the guys that, that teach with us they man they're they're down and dirty with you the whole time. They, they you will, they're never, they will never stand in front of you and tell you how to do something without showing you and getting in there with you and doing it. That's why I love the concept behind your, what's your plan class? I mean, <laughs> I ain't never heard a class like that, but it's so awesome. You know, I'm not going to try and explain it for you. I'll let you have the honors for sure. But when I heard you tell someone on another episode or something that, uh, we burn a house down and we say, what's your plan? Go. It's only getting worse. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's uh man, that was that's that came from pulling, you know, you that came from pulling up mutual aid or automatic aid, you know, to go help in your neighbor departments, which I do I'm, I think that's how it should be. But mm -hmm. I think we're in the fire service, we're promoting and pushing the certifications of young firefighters right out the gate, getting them through fire school, EMT school, and then putting them on an engine, you know, by themselves. And mm -hmm. I got tired of pulling up at places and seeing, seeing one person standing outside of an engine and the house is burning and they're standing there like, what do I do? Yeah. And, you know, I, and it, I specifically, I said, we came back one night and I said, hell with this, this isn't where that's not their fault. We're failing them. And the fire service is failing them, and we're in. The, and you're talking about increasing liability, right? And we have all these mission statements and these uh, what we're charged with to do as servants. And but we're giving the fire service in general, not every department, but they're giving you're giving them just the minimal, just to take and fill a spot, and then you're putting them in positions where they have no experience and very little training to understand what what they can and cannot do. And, and one day, you know, I, I said, man, some, some, there's going to be one day that that one person is going to pull up and they're going to take off and get in there and they're not going to know what to do. And not only are you going to have, you know, you're going to have a bad, a bad outcome for them, but what, what happens to the other people in the house too. So, you know, and that's when we came back and I just said, you know what, I called some of the guys. I said, look, let's just, got another idea for a class and it's going to be totally bass backwards than what the traditional class is. And, and that, and simply what we do is we get there, you know, when the class starts on the first day, we have a, about an hour briefing, um, we get them outside, get them broke up in groups and we don't tell them till the moment that it's fixing to happen. And we, we like the building on fire, uh, upstairs, downstairs, multiple, multiple victims, you know, Training dummies, you know, uh, training dummies, they, they, they're not, they're not realistic, but sometimes that's what we have to start with. And 
Then right. we, give, we give them a group, you know, either two, three, or four, and we give them a fire engine in 30 minutes and tell them to set it up how they want, and they respond from down the street, and there they go. And, that's, and when they get there, that's, that's what we do. We evaluate them on their operations and and we do it for and everyone every student go runs through the same scenario and then you know once that once that first part of the day is done then we sit down and we have another conversation and we run reps we run four different stations and reps um for basic engine company work and and on the second day we'll uh we'll give you nosh and line of duty death scenarios and mm-hmm. and let them we'll just run scenario after scenario after scenario and they just continue to get better and better and better mm. and but everybody was you know it's kind of one of those they got a lot of criticism at first well you're just giving them a fire engine telling them to go like yeah but <laughs> pretty much what we're doing you know because isn't that what you're doing and that's what i told a chief back at one of the, the department that was heavily 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 criticizing us i said isn't that pretty much what you do Mm. <laughs> and he kind of looked at me and he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, that's what you're doing." I said, "They get, they graduate, they get certified, they get put on an engine, and I said, there they go." I said, "That's the same thing, right?" I said, "So, you know, we're we're simply just taking and giving them the necessary means to take and develop a plan and learn how to do things, and you know, and it's the basic things from forcible entry, stretching lines." search and rescue, vent inner search and, and, you know, and search and, and victim drags and then, you know, and then mo- and there hadn't been one student that hasn't came back for the firefighter, su- firefighter survival portion of it. So, um, but it's, you got to give them the realistic things that that's going, that's going to happen instead of waiting on that to happen and they get a call and they don't know what to do. Yeah. And there's, there's so much to learn when you get that experience uh, in a training scenario to that extent, you know, rescue Randy or, or not, obviously it gives you that mindset and with the weight of actually moving around, but that there's so much to just learn from that experience when uh, it's on you to make decisions. You you don't have that instructor or that trainer to you sit there and, okay, well, we're going to push down this, the third, third room on the rights where so-and-so is going to be, you got to take care of it. No, it's, it's all on you to learn. And you'll you'll find out real quick, even if you haven't been to multiple fires or maybe you have, and it's just a whole different ball game. Uh, there's so much to just take back from that on a personal growth level, man. I, that's awesome that you do that. Well, that's what you know. You think about it. If most classes you go to and you do rep, you you know you run your teaching stations and reps, and then you you know you you go through it, and then at the end of the class or the whatever day or the second day or what, then you take and run scenarios, right? Well, then you don't have, well, then that's done and over with, and you don't have a chance, you evaluate them, but now you don't have a chance to evaluate what they, what they did. And then you don't have the time because class is over to take and go back and, and work with them. So by doing it this way, we got, we put, you know, there's never less than 20 instructors there and we're all on them like glue and we're watching and we're making notes and, and we're, we're, we're recording everything that they do and explaining to them, hey, why this, hey, this is, this is how good these instructors are. They can take you and let you almost make these, these bad decisions, but they can stop it and show you what's going to happen if you continue making this decision versus letting it happen and then coming outside and then you get somebody that has no confidence or they're, you know, they realize, oh man, I messed up. And then 
we stop the process, show them what they're doing, what's going to happen, and then how, you know, what you should or what you could do. And, you know, and that's, uh, that's, that, that was just the whole theory of it. And it's worked. We've done it several times. Um, we just finished it up at Massey. And, you know, so we had a lot of, some of the guys came out there and they said, man, you brought your recruits to Massey. I was like, yeah, it sure did. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, I tell you, you know, they've, they've been everywhere. We've, you know, they, that's one of the things that, you know, with the whole unordinary uh, recruit school is, man, I got some of the coolest and best friends in the fire service. And every right. week, every week they get somebody new. One of the guys that, you know, if it, you know, Raymond Dorval called up one day just to talk to him for an hour and a half. And, you know, mm. the painters, the Hurleys, all these guys, man, Don Sapp, you know, all, all these people that, that I get to do this with, man. I thought, you know what, man, I'm going to involve all of these people in teaching these guys from day one. So when they, when they, when they get their assignment, they know what's expected to them. They, they don't, this is, this is the only thing that they've ever seen. So this is the only way that they, you know, they're not going to be influenced by what you should or shouldn't do. You're going to know what to, they're going to know what to do. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. So and you ever want to get fired up, man, just listen to some big black. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's, uh, that was, that's one of those days that is almost a year ago to the date that, uh, I was coming home from work and, uh, when that, I seen that video on Facebook and, you know, and I happened to know some guys down there and just, I was at a time that at that point in time where I was like, man, I needed that. And I need, I said, I got to find this guy and find out who he is. And man, he's one of the best friends I got now. Awesome. Oh man. That's very cool, man. So this has been outstanding stuff, brother Shane. I really can't thank you enough. Um, uh, well, I, I always forget, I'm going to be honest, I always forget that I'm like recording a podcast when I'm talking to brothers. It's just like an awesome phone call that a lot of people just get to listen in on. But uh, man, I do I do got to ask, uh, have you had any adversities you've had to overcome, you know, to better you today that you're willing to share? Because a brother recently brought up that he's loved that a lot of the people I bring on without it being like a, an agenda they share something that was hard for them to overcome and everyone's been able to take an awesome learning moment from that. I didn't know if you had any you're willing to share. Yeah. Uh, I've got, man, there was got several, but one that just a few years ago, just, just here in the last three years, um, a department that I started at as a volunteer. Um, you know, like I said, I never differentiated between paid career combination and, um, there was, there, there was some guy, there was some of the guys that, uh, didn't, didn't like, like how we were doing things. And they, uh, they literally tried to take me out. Um, and it was almost successful, created some false allegations. And, um, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty bad. And, um, if it wasn't, if it would not have been for all of my friends, my real friends, cause what happened when, when they did what they did, not only did it hurt me, their their intent, they were very vocal. Their intent was to try to ruin my fire service career. And wow. uh, they were close. They got really close. Um, it hurt my family really bad. But, you know, it also it also removed a lot of people from my life that didn't need to be in it that I thought were my friends. And But if it yeah. wasn't for my friends, my real friends, 
it would have, I, I mean, it was, it, it, I was to the point where I was done. I mean, it was, I was so hurt by it. And um, with that, you know, it, there was a lot of learning. There's a, there's a huge learning. It was, there's a lot of things that came from it that is influenced today. Uh, but it was the personal vendettas over people that are, you know, they don't, they don't see things or care about things the way you do. And you're in a position of, um, you know, uh, you're, you're in a position to take him and be responsible for what happens for that fire department, you know, and then they take him, they, they fabricate false allegations against you. It's rough, man. It's, I've never been so hurt in my life. And, uh, but the adversity of that, it, it's also brought a lot of, uh, a lot of positive, but if I could, if, if people say, would you change it? If you could, man, if I could go back to where my family didn't have to go through that, I absolutely would. Um, yeah. But also um, it's taught me, it's, it's really taught me to sit back and really pay attention to who that, that you're vested and involved with um, because a lot of people are really good at looking at you and agreeing with you and smiling. And, but the minute you will turn and walk off that they, you know, they're, they're axing you and, I never, I never realized that. I never thought that that would happen. I never, I, I just, I, I never even crossed my mind. And, um, but it was, it was hard. It was really tough. It was, it, I'm thankful for my department where I work at because they, uh, they stood behind me and, you know, I, I thought I was going to have to, uh, I thought I was going to, I was going to have to go there or go back to work there. And I figured I was going to have to resign, you know, because the allegations were so, were so strenuous. And uh, city manager and mayor and fire chief, they uh, they said nope. Before it to even get to that level, man. Mm. Yeah, it was bad. It was, it was, but it's also created, and that's why I guess I'm kind of on. I, I kind of I watch a lot of things and watch a lot of um, watch a lot of what's going on because I want to make sure that. You know, there's younger people that understand that's coming up and being involved in the fire service and doing the things that they're doing that they make sure that they know who they're getting involved with because, man, it's uh, it's, it's devastating. And if it, like I said, if it wouldn't have been for a lot of people, I would have, I would have, uh, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have quit. And I, I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was damaged and hurt, and but. You know, I also believe things happen for a reason, even Absolutely. even if even if they're bad. And, and so, but it was it was tough. It was uh it was it was a lot to go through and deal with. And um, see, it hurt my family was was even that was the hardest part. But you know, mm-hmm. thank goodness, thank goodness that um, I'm still here today. And it's because of my true friends and the people that that cared about me. And um, you know, they 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 got me. They they stayed involved with me and and believed in what I believed in and, and knew that I, that what was being said and what was being alleged was not true. That that shared suffering y'all had too, man, only probably made that stronger between all y'all. You know, it did, it did, yeah. it, uh, it really did. Yeah, you and I don't know if you and Brother Lee planned it or not, but uh, y'all both kind of called me at separate times and just said, "Pay attention to who actually calls you." And he yeah. said, "Those are the ones you want to you want to really remember." 
and it stuck with me ever since both y'all just shared that tidbit with me. And I even had a brother, I'm not going to name, but he, throughout this whole navigation, trying to figure it out, he, uh, he called me someone that I heavily admire still to this day and look up to. He said, if I'm going to back you, I got to know you. And I said, oh, okay, well, what, what's going on? Just not going to go into details about it, but he just, he shared why he said what he said. And then he said that he owed me an apology. And I said, you don't owe me nothing, man. I, this is the first time we've ever talked. And he said, no, but I have to, I got to make it right. Cause I was, I was drinking a little bit of the Kool-Aid until I saw how genuine I'm not going to, you know, I'm just leaving it at that, but just to share your testimony, man, the people that actually call you and reach out to you, you know, even in this, you know, influential, you have a following background world. That's, that's where it's at, man. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, what's funny is what's ironic is a lot of the, there's a lot of us that have over the years, we've got to uh, become really good friends um, and we communicate and stay in touch with each other. And, um, and we all, you know, we all kind of have the same agreements, kind of unwritten rule that, Hey, look, this is what we're, this is, you know, if we're going to be impactful and we're going to take and do, do the things that we do, we got to do them the right way. And we got to make sure that, you know, we're looking out for the others too. And, uh, you know, Lee, Lee, he took and, you know, he told me, he talked to you after the fact and, um, and no, it wasn't planned or coordinated. It's just, that's just the, that's just the intuition that, you know, we share, we all share together. And so, but, you know, it's, uh, man, it's, it's, it's to have something to be a part of something so great, man. There's, there's just some people out there that are just so, that are just so caught up in just the click or the, the, the popularity contest that comes with it, man. And, you know, and that, and that, overrides doing the right thing a lot of times for certain people. Yeah. And it's, it's sad to see, you know, you pray for me and you hope that one day that click moment will happen. And uh, they'll realize that it's not a line in the sand because we're all in it for the same reason to, to better the next one's coming up, but it doesn't, doesn't have to be about you, you know, and that's, that's one thing to take away. Even, even if you don't have a big platform or what have you just uh, pour into others more than you pour into yourself. That's it, man. That's all it is. Passion is innovative, man. You know what I'm saying? That's just very innovative. Mm -hmm. And you got to take in, you know, you got to, you got to recognize true passion from other people. And cause there's a lot of people that are passionate, but they're passionate for the, uh, the notoriety or the, the limelight that comes with it. And, and I, you know, that's, I'm not going to judge them. I'm just going to, you know, that's just not me. And, um, you know, we just, there's a lot of times we get offered, we get asked to do things certain places or certain events or conferences. And, um, you know, and it's kind of like this, if, uh, if it doesn't feel right, it ain't, you know, I don't make a decision for, for us without talking to a bunch of the guys and if it doesn't feel right. And it doesn't, doesn't something just doesn't seem to click. And, you know, you kind of, it's kind of like, Kind of like being the black sheep sometimes, but sometimes the black sheep have to stay together. Oh, absolutely. And there's no no issues with vetting that, especially with your close circle, man. There's there's no issues with that. You actually get better sound judgment than going to a, a wise counsel. It's even biblically told to us. Right. So well, mean you got any goals you're working on, Shane? Man, we're working on a lot of things right now. We got some stuff that uh, fixing to release. We're uh we got Something pretty big. We're working on um, the beginning of uh, next year. Um, okay. 
for the next conference. Uh, so um, I have learned that not to take and let the cat out of the bag till it's 100% definite. Cause I've done that before. I had to just being excited. <laughs> and it, right. You know, but we do have, we got a few more three day classes we're doing. We got, um, we got some things that I'm fixing to release over the next uh, couple of days. And I'm waiting on a pretty big confirmation for something. And, uh, here in Georgia. So yeah, man, we got, we're always doing something, got a lot of things going on. So, um, but right now, man, we're just, <clears throat> we're just taking it day by day and enjoying what's going on and then, you know, and just, um, moving forward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love what Devin says about it too. Always forward, always moving. That's right. You got, you got the right mentality with that for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, he's a good one too. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's definitely a good one, man. Yeah, he is. <clears throat> If there's anything that I think a rookie should do without being biased is listen to this episode <laughs> because there's just so much growth to learn getting into the service. But, uh, you know, one of the one question I have here for you, man, is you know, what advice do you have for the rookie? Listen, listen, taking, uh, taking, listen, man, taking is for the rookie, but it, man if you got if you if you get if you get granted the opportunity on your shift or to have a rookie man pour into them care about them you know care about them and teach them anything and everything you can explain to them the goods the bads the uglies explain to them your mistakes your faults um but man a, a rookie coming into today I, you know it's you, if you, it's really, that's always seems to be the question, but it's really, their success is really determined on what we, what we give to them. And, you know, if it's just a, Hey, congratulations, you got hired, you're going to create, check the box list. Now you're certified and show up to work every day, man. That's uh that's just, that's not nowhere near part of what somebody new coming to the fire service needs, man. You know, and it's uh I think people forget sometimes the fire department is, is family and, Fire stations are what our our entities or cities or counties, that's what they build for us. Firehouses, mm -hmm. firehouses are what we make out of them. Those are family. And I love that. People have got to take and realize and understand that, you know, when you get somebody new, you get a brand new recruit or rookie or brand new man, they're you're holding their success and their future in your hand. Mm. And you gotta take and you gotta take and you got to teach them. You got to teach them. You got to care about them. And, you know, and if you want a successful, you want a successful uh, employee, you know, you got to make him more than an employee. Very factual. Very factual, man. So, Love it. But you got to listen. You got to listen, man. You got to take and uh, you got to, you just got to take and listen and watch for a rookie. Make sure that you, all the people that, that you're lit watching and listening to and looking, looking to make sure that you know them, make sure that you know them and they're not just somebody of influence to you that doesn't care about you. Yeah. There's positive influence and negative influence, you know, and you got to have a little bit in yourself too, to discern that and do your best to just get positively poured into at the same time. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, I think chief Starn said it, he said it best yesterday. Uh, the proper information leads to a healthy career and, you know, and that's, 
and that comes from us. You know, we have to give them the proper information. We got to train them properly. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, it's, it's just work. You got to enjoy working. Can't be afraid of training. You can't dread training because, I mean, the hard work pays off. You know, you might get the opportunity. You might get the chance one time to take in, make a grab or save somebody from their worst day. But we can't be come at a moment's notice. Yeah, but we can't be good at saving others if we can't save each other. So we got to take and work on that. Man, that's so spot on, brother. No, I appreciate hearing that. No, man, as, as we're wrapping up, Shane, uh, like I said, I can I can talk to you for days, man. But uh, one one thing that you know, if you've ever followed the rogue or something that I truly hold to myself is is setting the standard, and uh, that's just something that came real early to me. That's something that I've kind of formulated by no means I ever come up with it. But from others that I look up to, even starting off my career, it was the, you know, setting the example and this and that. Well, then that word standard just had more meat for me because that's like you will not fall below that. So I just I like to ask all my guests and I'd love to hear what you think setting the standard means. It's standard is uh, standard to me is like foundation, right? You foundation of the structure that you're building whether it's it's a single story a two-story or a 10-story hotel without a good foundation you don't have anything right and that's to me that's right. what standard is is the foundation and you know the foundation of a of a department or of a of a company you know is is based off the standards and you know and it and but to me standards is is pretty much a is it's kind of like the basics, right? Everybody, everybody, right. you got to start when you start in this career, you got to, you got to start and you got to be proficient at the basics. You're not never going to be perfect, but you can take in, you can be proficient at trying to be chase, you know, being perfect at it, but you'll never be perfect at it. But if you continue to take and pour in to the basics and the tactics of the basics and understand everything that comes with the basics, then mm. your advanced skills take and allow you to continue to take and grow your foundation and your standard is simply the standard of all four sides of what you're trying to do and um everybody's standards you know i, I don't know what how people can I, and this is this is a question i ask a lot of times man you go from place to place and their standard is different well the reason it's different is because these people that came through those organizations has changed the standard and it got adapted to doesn't mean that it always has to stay that the standard can always be more than what it is. Absolutely. No, and I like that. I like that add on you did because I, I think the same too, because it, it is ever changing. You know, what, what used to be the standard two weeks ago for me due to new information or a different outlook, it changes. So I like that you said that. Standards just like a book, man, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's education and it's, uh, and doing the right thing, man, you know, it's, uh, Doing the right thing is always doing the right thing. Yeah, that that you can't alleviate from. We all know what the right thing is. If, if you have any kind of moral compass or moral ethical code, like you talked about earlier, you know what the right thing is. And yeah, it's called a conscience. Yes, <laughs> don't shy off of it. Don't shy away from it. You'll be you'll be in the good every time if you just do the right thing. Simply put, for sure. Right, people. I, I think I, I think one of the things that uh, I think that. We someone in the conversation we was talking about yesterday is people at times when things are even if things everything's going your way and everything's great at home, everything is good at work and you're involved in a lot of things. 
people got to realize that, uh, like Chief Starnes, he, he said this too. He said, the work is too heavy for you. You cannot carry it all alone. So that's where, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that is, that is how you create leaders. I like that. That's, that's something to sit and think on for sure. And not just pass those words by the, the weight is too much for you to carry along. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's too heavy, man. And that's when he said that yesterday, I sat there and I thought about that and I, I wrote it down on a, a note, a, you know, a post-it note. And of course our refrigerator is decorated with everything in the world. And, <laughs> but it's, I, I stuck that on there, you know, because it, you know, it's easy to get caught up in everything else in life and forget about other things. And sometimes if, you know, the refrigerator, the front of the refrigerator is a lot like the mirror in the bathroom. And sometimes it looks right back at you. And that, this, but the refrigerator is how many, that's one thing I told somebody one time, I said, how many things on your refrigerator are negative? Look at everything that people put on their refrigerators. You know, everybody puts their pictures or invitations or kids drawings or magnets. It doesn't matter. Um, the refrigerator, the front of a refrigerator is something positive, right? And, you know, man, that's, that's, and that's why I stuck that yesterday. That's awesome. That's a good, that's a good point too. You, I don't think about that, the fridge either on that aspect, but it is, I mean, I got pictures of my kiddos, their drawings, everything, just a, a quick little smile, you know, that's your family, man. That, that's what's going on. Such a good point. So, but man, as we're wrapping up, brother, like I said, this has been an awesome conversation it always is another chewing the fat session with brother shane bentley here but uh is there anyone you want to give a thanks to or just a, a moment of recognition like so this is your episode by all means you know the, the floor is yours to, to have that if you want i appreciate that man thank you again once for having me on to uh, oh, you bet. to sit and talk with you and um again I'm, I'm i'm thankful for what you guys are doing um but man, I'll add, you know, I don't say it enough. I got to thank my wife and my family and um, just everybody that's ever been there for me and, you know, and giving me opportunities, picked me up when I was, when I failed and um, didn't let me, didn't give me time to sit there and feel sorry for myself, you know, and um, yeah. I just, you know, and truth be known without God, none of it would be possible. So, you know, that's, that's yeah. where all of our, that's where all of our, that's where our future comes from and that's where our blessings come from. So, but, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I, that if I had to write a list of people who I, who I, who I could think I'd never stop writing. And that's just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, uh, I, I agree hundred percent. I'm appreciative and thankful for, for a lot of people and a lot of, a lot of individuals and things that's uh, got me to where I'm at today. That's awesome, man. Well, I just want to want to thank you again, man, for hopping on here this morning and just having this awesome wonderful conversation of insight you know i hope those listening truly got something out of it too which i'm, I'm pretty confident they, they will and uh man i look forward to watching you and what you're doing in the future for the service um definitely ready to have my opportunity to come take one of your classes and go to one of your conferences man that's definitely a high priority of mine when it when everything's able to make that happen and uh just thanks for believing in me shane and and thanks for yeah just Honestly, just thanks for believing in me, man. I appreciate that a lot. It goes so far for me. Well, man, you're welcome. I appreciate you guys too, man. Thank you for uh, thank you guys for what you do. Uh, anytime, brother. And uh, guys, feel free to follow Bears of the Oath by all means. This is you'll get stuff like this all the time from that whole group. Um, you will not miss out. In fact, you'll you'll be better than yourselves. In all honesty, I might be saying that a little biased, but it's, it's the truth. 
And uh, guys, once again, just thanks for tuning in. And Shane, thank you again for your time, brother. All right, man. Thank you again. All right. See you, bud. All right. Bye-bye.